This is the Calvary Bible Church Podcast. Thanks for listening in today. We're praying this message encourages you. Learn more about Calvary and join us online each Sunday for services at calvarybible.com. Nobody likes to be told what to do. It doesn't matter where you've come from, what you look like, doesn't even matter how old you are. I bet the first word that most of us learned was the same. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to eat that food. I'm not going to sit there. I'm not going to follow you. I'm not going to listen to you. Nobody likes to be told what to do. I think that might be one of the main reasons why people avoid the Bible. Isn't it just kind of a giant to-do list? Aren't each and every page filled with thou shalt do this and thou shalt not do that? And all of the rules I've heard about that are in the Bible just seem so restrictive. Nobody likes to be told what to do. Even Christians. Even people who read the Bible, who know the Bible, who listen to the Bible every Sunday during sermons, who talk about the Bible during groups or classes, even they don't like to be told what to do. Because we like freedom. And when we're told what to do, it feels like our freedom, our personal liberty, is being taken away from us. And so we rebel. We resist. We resent being told what to do. So if we don't like it, why does the Bible so often tell us what to do? Well, open yours with me to James chapter 1 and verse 22. It's great to be with you for Calvary Online. I'm John. We would love a chance to connect with you, to know who you are and help you if we can. You can always click this link or click the link in the description below, which will take you to our online connect card. That's a great way for you to communicate with us, to let us know that you're joining us each week for Calvary Online, or if you have questions about Calvary or questions about Jesus, or if there's ways that we can come alongside you and help or pray with you, we'd love to hear from you. We hope you'll be in touch with us. We'd love to help you jump into one of our online small groups or help you get connected at one of our campuses in Boulder or Erie or Thornton, Colorado. Please let us know how we can help. So we're marking it up together in our study in the book of James. Maybe you have a journal or maybe you have your Bible, but we are in James, which was written by the brother of Jesus. James chapter 1 and verse 22 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. We're going to try to answer this question today together. Why would I listen to what the Bible tells me to do? And we're going to look at four verses together, 22 through 25. So let's begin in verse 22. And let's actually start at the end of verse 22. James says right there at the end of verse 22, don't deceive yourselves. Don't fool yourselves. James is concerned throughout his letter that the Christians he is writing to would be clear-headed as they live as followers of Jesus. He doesn't want them to lack self-awareness or be deceived about what it means to be a Christian. Like, what is it actually all about? What am I signing up for when I become a disciple of Jesus? Some people in our world are deceived about what it means to be a Christian. 
it's easier than we might think to be deceived about obvious things. There is a troubling amount of misinformation that's shared in our world today. And it seems like an increasing number of people around us are believing it. Articles, content, stories that are posted and shared across social media that are just straight up false, completely untrue. My fifth grade son recently was learning at school about how to spot misinformation online. Can you believe that this has to be coursework in fifth grade to be able to spot things that are untrue on the internet? Part of the curriculum that they learned had a website that had been created to help the students catch some common errors that can tip them off to a website that is filled with fake info. This page had invented a mythical animal And it included all sorts of falsehoods. And as you looked closely, it was filled with misspelled words and blurry pictures. All sorts of things that might clue you in if you looked closely. That something about this page just isn't quite right. It clearly didn't line up with what was true. It's unfortunate that in our day we have to train young people about how to suss out all the inaccuracy that they'll come across. But humans have always been easily deceived. Thousands of years ago, the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah warned us in Jeremiah 17 and verse 9 that the human heart is deceitful above all things. So we have to be careful. We have to be on guard against self-deception. So how might Christians be deceived according to James. You would be you would be deceived, you would deceive yourself if you only heard God's word. Don't be hearers only, James says. Now, let's be clear. Hearing the word of God is important. Last time we were together, we talked about the importance of hearing God's word, of prioritizing it in our lives. We're actually supposed to be quick to hear, according to verse 19 of James chapter 1. Quick to hear. That's our attitude as Jesus followers. We are humble, eager, ready to hear the word of God. And then in verse 21, we saw last time, James encouraged us to receive the implanted word. And hearing is one of the most important ways that we receive the word of God. So James is not saying here, do not listen to the word of God. Instead, he is saying, there is more to the Christian life than only hearing. Don't be hearers only. Hearing and receiving is a way for us to internalize the word of God, to to take it in. Remember, James used the imagery of the word of God being planted in us, and a plant grows. It receives rain and sunshine and nutrients from the soil, and then that plant produces limbs and leaves and fruit and foliage. It internalizes those external things, and then it takes what it internalizes and it expresses it. Just like we internalize the word of God, we take it in, and then we are called to express the word of God. It comes in and then it goes out from us. It's like food and exercise. 
We internalize food when we eat it, which then turns into energy. And then hopefully it is expressed through physical activity. It's supposed to fuel us so that we can accomplish everything that we need to. And we all know what happens when we internalize all of that food and then never express it, never work it out. Paul described a group of early Christians who were succumbing to this, who were kind of like this in the second letter he wrote to Timothy. These are the kind of people who Paul said in 2 Timothy 3.7, who are always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Always internalizing more and more and more content. Give me as many sermons as possible. Let me read as many books about the Bible as I can. But then it stops there. They are hearers only. But Christians are called to not be hearers of the word only, but to also be doers of the word, James says. Do what it says. Don't simply internalize it, but also express it. Paul says that that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Our knowledge, things that we glean from the scriptures, are meant to be expressed in action. In this case, in love, which is what builds up others. So we hear the word of God. And as we do, let's not be deceived. We're meant to take it in and then we're meant to apply it to the way that we live. I think a lot of non-Christians would agree with this verse because they've seen it just like we have. Self-deceived Christians who are quick to condemn the world for whatever, but then they don't even live up to what the Bible obviously tells them to do in their own life. How often do we see it? Pastors who preach one thing on Sundays and then live in opposition to that the rest of the week. Christian leaders who become deceived by the lure of political power and forget that the Bible actually says to love your enemy, to love your neighbor, or everyday people who sit through a sermon on Sunday, which seems to have no discernible impact whatsoever in their lives. Jesus said in Luke 6, verse 46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Don't be hearers only, but be doers of the word, James says. Now, what does it mean to do the word of God? I mean, we understand the idea that we can read the word of God, that we can listen to the word of God. Plenty of times we maybe ignore the word of God. But how do we do the word of God? Here's just a few ways we might think about doing the word. First, we have faith in the word. Second, we have love for the word. And third, we have obedience to the word. Let's start by talking about having faith in the word. How do we have faith in the word? We believe that it's true. We trust that the word of God are the very words of God spoken to us, written for us by human authors, meant for us to understand so many different things, who we are as humans. They communicate to us what God is like, his unchanging character. We have faith that the word of God includes a plan 
of God to redeem a people for himself through the gift of his son, the promised plan of salvation through the death of Jesus Christ for a world that is broken and troubled because of our sinful separation from God. Paul says in Romans 10, 17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So as we have faith in the word, it's helpful for us as we live. That's one way to do the word, to have faith in it. And we can also do the word by having love for it. Blessed is the man or the woman whose delight is in the law of God. Love for the word of God is a mark of God's people. One of our shaping values at Calvary is that we want to be a people who live under the authority of the Bible. It's hard to do that joyfully if we lack love for it. But we want to be a people who love God's word. David says in Psalm 119, verse 103, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. We are called to have love for the word of God. That's another way we do the word. So we have faith in it, we have love for it, and also obedience to it. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. Teach others what I have taught you, Jesus said. It's important to Jesus that we do what he says. And there are lots of different commands that Jesus teaches us about how to love God, about how to love other people, about how to pray about how to handle money, how to find salvation, how to deal with conflict, what marriage is meant to be like, what to do when life is hard. And he himself, Jesus, was a practical example for us of how to do the word. He says, follow me, live like I did, and you'll do the word. You'll be obedient to it. We have a list here at Calvary that we call shaping values. We mentioned biblical authority already, but these six values are the marks of someone who is obedient to God's word, of a disciple who is doing the word of God. We're also committed to prayer and faith. We believe that God accomplishes his will through our prayers, so we pray. Jesus taught us how to pray and encouraged us to always pray and never give up. We want to be a people also who have and practice loving relationships in our lives. We commit ourselves to pursue authentic community with one another, to love each other. It's why we encourage every person at Calvary to be a part of a life group. Let us know if we can help you get connected to one. Another one of our values is moral excellence. We say that we pursue deeper holiness in everyday living. We're not perfect, but we want to listen to what Jesus says about so many different things, about things that might trip us up in our life, like sex and money and power and other things that might lead us astray. And we are committed as a people to confident witness. We want to be the kind of people who communicate in word and in our actions that salvation is found in Jesus Christ alone. We want to do the word of God as we share the love of Christ with others. 
And we give generously and faithfully of our financial resources, which means we're committed to faithful stewardship. Biblical authority, prayer and faith, loving relationships, moral excellence, confident witness, faithful stewardship. These are some of the ways that we want to be obedient to the word, to do it in our lives. And actually, James says, it wouldn't make sense if we didn't do what the word says. Look at verses 23 and 24. They say, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. This is such a good illustration. It would be totally ridiculous to look at yourself in a mirror and then walk away and immediately forget what you look like. That's the purpose of a mirror, to see what you look like, to notice whether or not your hair looks okay, if, if you got the food off your face, if, if you need to shave. And it would be absurd to spend time each morning looking at your face in the mirror, walking away, and then immediately forgetting what you look like. And so the next time you're in front of a mirror, it's like, oh, who is that handsome guy? Or, ooh, somebody better tell that guy to do something about that terrible bedhead. Oh, that, that's me. I, I forgot what I looked like. And just as nonsensical as that is, it would be the same if we were to only hear God's word and then do nothing about it. The purpose of the word is not just to be read or listened to, but the word of God is meant to be done. But nobody likes to be told what to do. But then we find our way to verse 25, which says, But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. We don't like to be told what to do because it feels like our freedom is being taken away. But look at how James describes the word in this verse. You might circle where it says that the word of God is the law of liberty. The word of God doesn't crush us. It doesn't oppress us. The word of God liberates us. It frees us from the bondage of sin, from the chains of deception. We all think freedom might be found in an unrestrained ability to fulfill all of our various desires. But the truth is, true freedom is found by following Jesus. By being a doer of what James describes as the perfect law. Psalm 19 verse 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. When we align our lives to the perfect law, the law of liberty, when we do what Jesus tells us to do, we find wisdom. Our souls are refreshed and we can be confident in our decisions. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free, Jesus said. True freedom is found by following Jesus. One thing I've loved discovering during our study of James has been how much the words of Jesus influenced what James wrote. 
He did an amazing job of hearing God's word and then giving us strikingly practical advice of how to do it, of how to live it out. And so much of what James wrote echoes the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. And we see it here too in these verses today. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, near the end of the Sermon on the Mount, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. That's in contract, contrast to the foolish man who Jesus said built his house on the sand. That's the guy who hears the word of God and does not do it. The guy who doesn't like to be told what to do. It might seem like a great idea to build your house on the sand. I mean, come on, you get an ocean view. You step out on the back porch and your toes are in the sand. And it might be great for a while. But then, Jesus says, the storm comes. The storms of life always come. James knows this too. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Because these trials, these storms of life, produce endurance for people of faith. For the people who not only hear God's word, but do it. For the ones who listen to the perfect law, the law of liberty, and learn that that fleeting pleasure I'm chasing, like building a house on the sand, won't actually be good for me later. That's the reality about doing the word of God. At the time, it might seem to us like it's a little more work or like freedom's being taken away from me, like I'm missing out on the ocean view or the thrill of that encounter or the high I'd get from that stuff. But the truth is freedom, real freedom is found by following Jesus. Because when you do, according to James, you will be blessed in your doing. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you how it helps us. We thank you that it shapes us. We thank you that it gives us a path to follow. Your word is a light to my path, a, a, a way for my feet to follow after you. It illuminates where you're calling us to go. And we thank you for it. Lord Jesus, I pray for my friends that you would help them to do the word of God, to have faith in it, to have love for it, to be obedient to it. We need your help, Lord Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit to live out what you call us to do through your words. So help us, Lord Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen. We're so glad you were with us today. I really hope you'll reach out to us if we can pray with you or if we can help you get connected. This link that you can click on here or the link in the description below is a great way for you to communicate with us. We also hope you'll click that subscribe button and like this video. It helps us reach more people through Calvary Online. Until we're together again, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ.